Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast, The Attacking Two. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and I'm joined by both fellow host Andy Martin and today also by our guest, Mark Haster from SB Nation's Liverpool blog, The Liverpool Offside, as we'll be talking about the two cracking encounters between Chelsea and Liverpool this past week, as well as the, both clubs' title aspirations, transfer windows, yada yada yada, and finally, as always, predictions for the season. So, you know the question. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Okay, we'll be starting off with the biggest game of this Premier League weekend, as well as the Carabao Cup cracker between Chelsea versus Liverpool, which was two games full of exciting attacking football pressing and wonderful encounters i mean uh mark tell us how did you see it as a liverpool fan yeah so it was it, it was interesting to to draw chelsea in the in the carabao cup um right before we would play them in the league and i think most most liverpool fans myself included went into the wednesday's game it's kind of a kind of a free hit. Um, maybe maybe get get a chance to see um, see some of the new players like Fabinho and, and Kaita play. And I, I just I don't I don't think the expectations were very high for for that game. Um, and it and it ended up being a lot more entertaining than um, than it. Uh, and it, I guess, had any right to be. <laughs> but uh, and and then the, the the game the game on the weekend was just maybe maybe the best game of the best game of football I've seen in a long time. It was such a good game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, driving right into that, uh, I'd say we first go the Carabao, go through the Carabao Cup, and then the Prem. Um, yeah. That Carabao Cup uh, session, you said that. You were uh, that Liverpool fans. You had the feeling weren't more like um, had a, a perception. Yeah, we 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 want to. We're going to win this. Uh, let's say, I, it's it's the, okay. Let me say say this differently. Do you have more concentration on the Premier League this season as on, for example, the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup? Is that the general feeling or the consensus among Liverpool fans? I think so. Yeah, um, certainly for myself. Uh, I mean, in, in the context, I think the Carabao Cup would have been um, it would have been a bonus, right? So, so for instance, when they put forward two different scenarios, let's say um, Liverpool finish fourth place, get knocked out in the round of 16 of the Champions League, and then win the Carabao Cup. I think for most fans, that would be kind of a disappointing, um, a disappointing season for um, for kind of where our expectations are at for this team. But if, you know, for instance, uh, if we had gone on to beat Chelsea in the Carabao Cup and then also um, also won and then happened to win the league or maybe win the Champions League, it, it would have been um, it would have been cool to lift that trophy. So um, that's what I kind of mean by uh, it was kind of a free hit. Uh, I, I just don't think many people um, are – are upset about that loss um, in, with, with where their expectations are at for, for this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, your team that you fielded was pretty pretty strong, right? I mean, yeah. if we look at the formations. It was, uh, yeah, it was. It had eight changes from our um, typical starting 11. Uh, the, the keeper um, was Mingyue, uh and then the back line was completely changed. Um, and then uh, Fabinho got his first start uh, as well as uh, Stur Sturridge played too. So um, it was still a strong side. And, and I was, I was remarking with uh, uh, one of my editors at Liverpool offside. And I, it, that essentially one year ago was our best 11, basically, maybe, maybe 18 months ago. Uh, and so Seeing seeing the side that got put out there, and then having having you know uh, Mosala and Roberto Firmino on the bench, um, 
just kind of shows how how far Jurgen Klopp has brought brought Liverpool in um, in two years, basically three four seasons. So, Andy, what 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 did you think of the Chelsea formation going up against that Liverpool? As as Mark Ray said, that very strong side that was fielded <sighs> by Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I was I was kind of worried at the beginning because Cahill was playing, and we all know what Cahill can do in a negative sense. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, um, Moses getting a game was, was obviously nice to see. And yeah, it was kind of two, two B-Tech sides going against each other. But, um, you weren't seeing it in the, in, in the quality of the game. It was just so, such a good football game. Not really up to the standard as it was maybe on Saturday, but still it was, it was a crack of a game. Uh, and at the end, uh, the substitutions wanted for Chelsea, namely Eden Hazard. Um, but in total, I'm, I'm very happy to see, let's say, also Fabregas uh, getting a game, Emerson getting a game and a goal, uh, which is obviously important because I see him ultimately as a starting left back for us um, as soon as uh, Alonso maybe steps down a level, which he already kind of does getting getting onto. Um, his scoring not being there anymore, like the scoring of the first few games, and also his uh, defensive liabilities. So oh, I, I like the performance, and obviously the result was was brilliant for us. Just addressing that first goal that Emerson scored for the club, uh, and also our Chelsea's first goal of the game, Mark, I'd be very much interested in your perception of that goal was it offside before prior with Barkley um before he headed that ball down I don't think so um I mean if he was it was an inch or an inch and a half offside and I think that um I thought that the back line should have done a lot better I was uh, pretty frustrated with the foul that that led to that um led to that goal I, I don't know if you guys remember but there was a Right after the foul, there was a, a, a shot of um, Henderson barking at the ref, and he ended up getting yeah. a, a yellow card for, for dissent. And I like it was it was kind of um, it, it kind of went to the old old narrative of of Liverpool on set pieces, and I think like everybody kind of saw it in that in that moment, um, considering that that was basically our starting back line for. Uh, for a long time, it was like, oh, well, here we go, and then it, it, it did end up going in. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was offside. Well, that's that's, that's nice to hear because you know there, there's been much <laughs> debate on the social media. I'm sure, sure maybe on the yeah. blog as well. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm, I may be in a, uh, a minority there, but yeah, <laughs> and it didn't it didn't really bother me one way or another. What bothered me was was how they how they defended that play. Hmm. So, I mean, you already addressed it uh, at the start that this, this squad that Liverpool has has come a long way. Um, how how do you think it compares to our to our Chelsea now our squad momentarily? Because there was like talk of wow, you know, at the start of the season, no one was saying Chelsea would have a chance squad depth wise as well. But Liverpool, they had a great summer transfer wise. And mm-hmm. as the season's progressed, I mean, we, we are behind you. I think, Andy, I, I don't know what you say there mm. after the game yesterday. But well, I, I, yeah. I do agree, yeah. We, we, yeah. Can't, we can't go the same, at the same pace as Liverpool can for 90 minutes. And that's why, ultimately, we ended up uh, in a draw yesterday. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, Liverpool might be the best side in the Premier League. That's the question. Would you say, uh, Mark, your your team is ahead of City at the moment, or still maybe a tad behind? Oh man, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I think I think that they're even, pretty much. Uh, I think that you obviously have to give City. Um, all the credit that they deserve, and I'm sure I'm sure you guys have previously, you know, for what they've done that last season and what they look like they're about to do this season, they're they're definitely the benchmark that um, all teams kind of have to measure themselves against. But I think with what with what Liverpool has done, even 
going back into last January and the last two transfer windows um, with bringing in Van Dyke, bringing in Allison, um, Joe Gomez kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, well, not nowhere. He he played pretty much half the games last season at, at right back, but um, I don't think anybody expected expected Joe Gomez to be um, starting a majority of of the Premier League games at center back. It, it's the position everybody wanted him to, but I think I think most most fans thought um, may, maybe in a year or two. But um, I think that the the things that needed to be addressed with Liverpool were addressed. Whether you know with with the goalkeeping, with with the back line, um, and then also bringing in a um, not a continual replacement, but somebody else to provide that kind of dynamic passing and dribbling in the midfield. And I think that's, that's what Kaita will eventually bring. Um, but yeah, I think all the questions have been answered, whether or not that that's going to be good enough to beat city. I will, uh, I will uh, defer until May on that question. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think it, so I've, uh, I think this is probably the best Liverpool squad I've ever seen uh, in my life. So, okay. Well, okay. Um, and and whether you know whether that's good enough to beat this this city team, I, I don't I don't know. We'll, <laughs> that's kind of why we have to play the games, right? Um, for, for for me at least, because that that's what I said previously, um, that they are the best team in the Premier League at the moment. It's just I think they are a notch above Manchester City. Uh, once because of uh, the transfer business they've done in the last window, and then also um, when you Liverpool look Liverpool now, you mean right? Yeah, I'm, I'm meaning Liverpool. Yeah, mm-hmm. because um, when, when you look at this at their squad, it's so it's it's so balanced, and you don't have a worry when someone drops out of the squad. There's not that talismanic figure in 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 that squad where you say he's not there. You you kind of have to worry. Uh, what 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 are we going to do now? So um, t- let's say take away Firmino, and now you have you have a brilliant player in Sturridge who is now back on, backfiring on all cylinders again. So and then there is there is also considering considering their midfield. Um, take away um, Fernandinho of Manchester City, and then take away. T- take away, let's say, Milner of, of of Liverpool, which is kind of the same position. You you, ha- you have options. You have options. And Manchester City, in in that position especially, doesn't have as many options. But it's it's really on on a level that is that is absolutely. I think we haven't had two sides as good as these two um, competing in the same season uh, since probably. The Arsenal Invincibles and the Manchester United team of that of that era. I would rate it that highly. Wow. Okay. Wow. Oh. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you did say this is the best team you've ever seen, right? On as right. a Liverpool fan, yeah. So, I mean, that that I I'd concur. But as Andy said, you have always more or less options to replace one of your players if they are injured. Um, but how have you been coping with, well, I'm not saying replacing because he's been playing, but Salah hasn't been as good as he was last season, given the bar was set very, very high by him. Yeah. How do you see his development over this current season in these first, what are they, seven, eight games? Eight games, I think. Yeah. Um, he... So I think that um, I think the answer to that question is, is a couple of fold. Um, he's obviously not not banging in the goals as, as we've kind of come to expect from him. You know, for instance, uh, and I'm sure we'll come on to it, but in in uh, the game on the weekend against Chelsea, he had probably three or four really good chances in the first half. That if you know this ha- this game was happening last February, they're probably goals. Um, yeah. yeah. But I will say that I don't think he, I don't think he's playing horribly. I I just think that the the ball is not going into the net <laughs> for him. And but he's still um, he's still obviously the threat that he is. He's still 
in the position to um, to have those chances to miss ultimately. But um, he still uh, created the most chances for for Liverpool uh, through the season so far. Um, and you know he had a really tough tough World Cup. I'm not sure how how familiar you how familiar you guys are with with that story, but just kind of to to summarize it, um, him and the Egyptian FA and to an extent the Egyptian government are kind of um, kind of at odds with with uh, one another currently. Um, oh, really? They, okay. Yeah, they they own his image rights basically, um, so like they can put him on all, all different types of advertisements and whatnot. Uh, he was also uh, forced to take um, take a picture with the uh, the uh, Chechnyan um, leader. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure yeah. what uh, the very terrible oh, yeah. uh, Ramzan Kadyrov. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the story came out after the World Cup that he was basically he like couldn't sleep at night because they would like let people into his hotel room to like take pictures with him. So. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of drama surrounding uh him and his uh kind of meteoric rise that I think uh, it seems personally um he's handling it. He's trying to handle it as quiet as possible, but um it's obviously having an effect on him and and also the the shoulder injury that he had uh, that he suffered um from Sergio Ramos. But um yeah, I, I think I think like like you mentioned, he's not firing on all cylinders, and I would there's a few other players in the squad that I, I would mention are doing the same. But when it does happen, man, <laughs> uh, if it, I should say if it does happen, because because nothing's for certain, but um, Liverpool will be even better. All right, and and uh, let me ask you because uh, before we we we've talked about who is better, Manchester City or or, or Liverpool. I don't think ultimately it doesn't come down to which team is 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 ultimately as a squad or as a number of of players better. But is it? I guess it's it's more down to the mental side of the game because it's not the games where the the direct games between let's say Liverpool and the other top six teams where where Liverpool has lost their their points in previous seasons. It's more like the, against um, the the little teams where you. Yeah. Where you slip up on a regular basis, uh, which uh, changed at least for the first seven rounds of this season. But do you think you can consistently go for 38 games this season without having some some major upsets and uh, slipping down the table uh, later this season? I I think that um, you know, barring any sort of sort of injury to um, I know the squad is deep, but there there are players who are very important too, like um, Roberto Firmino. If like let's say Firmino's out for six to eight weeks, my answer to this question might change. Uh, I think either fullback Andy Robinson or Trent Alexander Arnold. If they if they spend time on on the rehab table, I, I would be a bit worried, as well as uh, Van Dyke. But yeah, I think that I, I think that through through these first seven games, it's been it's been Jurgen Klopp kind of telling the fans, okay, this is what I'm going to do for these types of games. You know, so for instance, um, we have West Ham at home and just kind of play them off, off the park. Uh, then we go to Palace and um, Palace on a Monday night away. It's, you know, the, nobody wants to do that. Uh, nobody wants to play there. And also there's a history of the 13, 14 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Istanbul. So I and and then also like the game against Southampton in between, um, like that that home game against Southampton last weekend was the type of game that I think Liverpool would have gotten a draw last year. Mm. Um, and uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, made some changes to to the formation with bringing in Shakiri, and the the game was put to bed in forty five minutes. So. I think that when, over the last few seasons, where when Liverpool would lose to Burnley or draw at home to Southampton, I don't think that those games are going to happen again. 
But what I do think could happen where, where Liverpool could get, could get hung up is, uh, we very easily could have lost to Chelsea. Um, we might lose to, uh, City this weekend. So I think, I think when, when he came in as manager, I think he targeted the top six, uh, sides and um you know the record kind of shows that but I, I think the focus has shifted to figuring out how to win the games that Liverpool should win um and I think they're doing so with uh, a strong defense and, and just kind of um a patient attack which is which is an interesting <laughs> an interesting way to describe a Jurgen Klopp team against kind of the, the bottom 12 of of uh, the Premier League well, the counter pressing, I mean, doesn't necessarily work against those teams. And yeah, I, I, right. I, I understand what you mean. Um, but actually, let, let, because we're talking about what Jurgen Klopp's done this, this, this over the, his tenure here in yeah, at Liverpool. I mean, I, I, I understand. For example, Liverpool fans that are on social media have said, "Well, he started with." Uh, not the best squad, let's say it like that. Uh, if you compare, for example, yeah. Maurizio Saru at Chelsea, he has inherited a squad with the likes of Eden Hazard, N'Golo Kante, William, and so on. While um, Luton Klopp had Christian Benteke uh, and Dino Parigi, Joe Allen, yeah, <laughs> and that those yeah. kind of caliber of players. Um, he has done a good job, but he has spent a lot of money in this past year. Yeah. Uh, that's a hell of a lot of money. Would you say that he is, he must win something this season? After quite a few finals, he has reached some finals, yeah. to be fair. But has he got to win this season? I, I think I think so. I, 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 so, let me kind of put some caveats around that. My short answer to that question is, yes, this season has to be the one that where we win something. Um, but if it doesn't happen, I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that he's going to get fired or anything, but um, it, it does, it does feel like everything. I think for a lot of fans uh, with, with Jurgen Klopp, they gave him a lot of room to maneuver because, because of mm. dealing with, Brendan Rodgers and the transfer committee and it just kind of Liverpool is a mess for a long time. And uh, in spite of that, we almost won the title in 13, 14, but that was just because of Luis Suarez. But with, with your <laughs> <Klopp, laughs> <he came> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's slipped away. <laughs> uh, your words, not mine yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can laugh about that now. I didn't laugh about it then. Um, anyways. I understand. Um, in in Jurgen Klopp's first... Yeah. <laughs> in his so, first sorry, press yeah. conference, he, he, he mentioned turning turning fans from uh, doubters to believers, um, which is kind of... Uh, it's kind of what he's done. Uh, Liverpool fans are uh, a cynical group of people. Like, I guess to an extent all football fans are, but... Uh, I think over the past his time here, he he has turned fans into believers, and now it's whether or not he can um, cash in on the hope that he um, and get from from the base. And I and I do think that if if he doesn't win something this this season, um, you know Liverpool haven't looked, looked at a trophy the League Cup in uh, 2012. Um, I think I think you'll have a lot more people kind of second guessing the whole kind of enterprise, but um, we're still we're still kind of far off from that. So, but Mark, the the odd thing uh, with uh, Jurgen Klopp for me is when when I look at him, and I think many pundits would agree, um, he is a type of manager who is. Uh, a, a cup style manager like if you come up against a team in a, in a sudden death game um, with that style of, of play um, you're playing you played last season and I guess you will also play this season isn't isn't changing a lot uh, I guess you are a team made for a cup competition but at the same time mm-hmm. of saying that um, 
Jürgen Klopp is a notorious um, loser of cup finals. I think he lost uh, his last six on the trots. So what what does change in, in, in the final for him? Or do you have any explanation for that? Um, so I, I don't, <laughs> but I, I can, <laughs> can kind of, uh, can kind of talk to that. So he's, he's been in three finals with Liverpool. Um, the first two were the, was the League Cup final in 2016 when he had first taken over. Uh, we lost to, um, we lost to City on penalties. And then the second one was the Europa League final, the same, um, the same season. And, uh, it was a very good game, and then Sevilla decided to play the some of the best football I've ever seen for 30 minutes and kind of uh, take advantage of Roberto Moreno. <laughs> um, so there was that, and then obviously the the most recent one was the Champions League final that um, had uh, had caveats as well. And I, I think the I think the um, Problem is an interesting way to put this, but um, with what Jurgen Klopp does, is his his personality and everything he does, as you mentioned, as a manager, is so intense, and he puts himself in a position where, um, as you mentioned, like nobody wants to play Liverpool in a knockout game, but in, in a final, it's finals just kind of have this different thing about them, you know? They're just, I, I yeah. I don't really know how to explain it with words, but I think most most football fans listening will, will I hope, know what I'm saying. And, you know, for instance, uh, with the Real Madrid game, um, I think you play that game a hundred times, and I think I think Liverpool might win the majority of them, but that's the thing about finals. You don't play them a hundred times. You play them once. And uh, when... It, I, I just I, I don't really know how to explain other than uh, I hope I hope we get into a final this year whether it's FA Cup or Champions League and win it. But um, I think I think a lot of people would would excuse the fine the uh, the drought that Jurgen Klopp has had in finals if if the Premier League trophy is is in uh, is in Liverpool at the at the end of the season. <laughs> Understandably enough, I mean, what's it been a, a, a bit, you know, time-wise? I think it's been a, a few years, and uh, let's let's say, let's put it like that. <laughs> um, no, I can, I can fully understand that, you know. As, uh, I mean, the league title does still have a prestige over a whole season where you say, okay, what this is like the big deal. This is this is. Uh, the 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 trophy to have, even though the Champions League is of course very um, yeah. prestigious, but yeah, that that is also our goal, Chelsea once again. Right. And I would really like to know uh, your opinion on Chelsea now to come a bit to to the Chelsea sides of the discussion um, in Saturday's game. Well, yesterday's game, I. I you said it was the best bit game of football you've seen for a long time. I I must wholeheartedly agree with you. And what what was your perception of Chelsea's play yesterday? I thought that uh, in particular, um, I thought that three three players really stuck out for me and and kind of showed me so. Uh, I was aware of sorry as a manager. I have to, I have to be honest with you and the listeners that I don't spend my free time, you know, watching Serie A. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, Understandably. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's harder to do so in America with broadcast rights and English. Right. But I, I knew that he had this reputation as, as a, an intense manager. He chews on cigarettes. Uh, some weird <laughs> stuff about him <laughs> that I thought, to be to be honest with you, I I really like that. Uh, I think football has too many boring people in it, and the the more Jurgen Klopp's and the more uh, Murati Osari's are involved, the better. But I thought with uh, Jorginho, uh, I think you saw why he is so important to uh, you. First, I think you saw why you uh, why Pep Guardiola wanted him so bad at City. Um, but just 
the control that he had on on a game that was like we've mentioned one of the most intense matches we've seen in some time just his his patience his uh his ability to transition transition the ball forward despite Roberto Firmino being like literally on top of him <laughs> um I thought that that was I, th- I think that what you're seeing with these two sides in particular, Liverpool and Chelsea, I think you're kind of seeing a, a renaissance of that number six position. You can't necessarily have just a guy that, like a um, a Matic or a Fernandinho to an extent, or um, or or players like that that are uh, you know big and strong and they make the tackles and then they just kind of pass the ball off. Um, you you really mm-hmm. need somebody that's that's dynamic and it's almost becoming the more important like number 10 position if you think about it which where the playmaking is happening it's from that deeper role um i thought that the way that he set up uh, hazard was 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 brilliant i was a bit um coming into that game i was a bit interested to see what he would do with hazard because um you know for instance 10 days ago a week and a half ago uh we when we played psg um, the PSG manager Tuchel um, just kind of let Mbappe and Neymar just not defend, <laughs> which uh, against Liverpool is, is interesting considering how Definitely. involved the are, how involved mm-hmm. the fullbacks are in the attack. So uh, I think uh, you know Hazard is obviously not known for for his defensive uh, abilities, but I thought that he. He kept an eye on Alexander Arnold, and to to an extent that I think um, not very many attacking players um, have done against us previously. So, um, and then I uh, I'm sure this is a kind of a controversial uh, player in 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 your sort of uh, online experiences and whatnot, but I thought uh, Olivier Giroud was excellent yesterday. Um, in 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 that he has one role and it's to get the ball to Eden Hazard and he does that so well. <laughs> um, he probably he might never score again for you guys, but um, <laughs> uh, if in January and next summer if you guys buy a number nine, I'd be more worried about uh, about Chelsea. But his like his ability, like he, I thought he matched up with uh, Van Dyke very well. Uh, there was uh, a point in the match where he went over like. He was basically playing like left winger against Joe Gomez and um, just knocking down the ball and getting it to Hazard, and, and that was causing us a lot of problems, especially in the second half um, when I thought you guys were going to get um, get your second goal. But I thought those those three players in particular really stood out, and 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 Sari's done a lot with um, very little time and. Uh, I'm very impressed by Chelsea. Yeah, I mean that, that that is something that nobody of us would have reckoned with. I, I'm sure I speak for both of us there, Andy. Right, mm. that Sari acclimatized so so quickly and got his tactics more or less spot on. Absolutely, and I, I think as well. Um, if if you were asking me or probably any other person who has got any clue about English football. Uh, they would have said Liverpool is at this moment in time uh, the best thing since, since sliced bread. Now, one week later, um, we're standing there with one win and, and, and a good draw against Liverpool. And I'm absolutely over the moon. I, I didn't think we can compete um, against a side of this quality. Uh, we did. Um, I think at some point we were unlucky to not have the seconds, uh, speaking about Eden Hazard uh, with his one-on-one chance against uh, Alisson. Um, at the end of the day, when we take into consideration how many chances Liverpool had, the Shakiri chance, the money chance that uh, Kepa brilliantly saved, um, it is a fair draw, but there's really not many points I can I can criticise, and normally I'm, I am critical about uh, this Chelsea side, um, I was I was actually speaking to to some other fans after the game, and um, I think the one worry we we kind of have is that Aspilicueta, um 
he's normally that guy who plays a, a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 every game. Uh, but he hasn't really delivered this season. And it's hard to, to criticize Dave because we all love him. But um, we really, I think, have to have to reconsider if you can trust him on the, uh, on the right um, defensive position anymore. Because he's, I think what his problem is at the moment is that he is, is so used to having a guy um, right of him on the touchline who he can always, he can always rely on playing the ball to. And now this guy isn't there anymore because we're playing a back four. And he sometimes panics on the ball and, and makes stupid mistakes. And ultimately, uh, I think he didn't cost us that game, but he was the one player uh, I was worrying um, over the course of the 90 minutes. Well, I mean, to, to add, I, I, I agree with you. Um, one has to say that, for example, a few years ago, Liverpool had um, a few problems at fullback, let's say. <laughs> I mean, Alberto Moreno isn't necessarily the kind of guy I'd want on as one of the first names on the team sheet, I'll be quite honest. <laughs> and I'm sure that a lot of yeah, Liverpool fans... I think most people sentiment. agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of other options as well, but Trent Arnold is fantastic. Sorry, Andy, please. Yeah, no, just I, I was just in my mind of of, of that game on, on, on Wednesday when he got nutmegged by Eden Hazard and then he put the ball in the back of the net that, that was just I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm, it's just my I, I had to express that one more time because it was such a goal yeah I, I will say that that goal was Alberto Moreno in four seconds that's just a perfect that goal that Eden Hazard scored um, he I am happy that he's the backup uh, I hope that Andy Robinson does not get hurt. Uh, but I think you see why James Milner spent a whole season at left back ahead of, um, mm. ahead of Alberto Moreno. <laughs> um, just, he just, he is what he is. I, I, I can't get mad about him anymore, especially because it seems like he, he really loves Liverpool. It's kind of become uh, the home for him and his family. He seems like a great, I, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's still around. Um, he's very funny on social media, <laughs> but uh, the the fewer games he's involved in, I will be a happier fan. <laughs> well, actually, a, a, a player that many fans are beginning to say similar things about now in the Chelsea show is someone that you, as a Liverpool fan, might know. Not from your own team, but from the across the river, namely um, Ross Barkley. Yeah, and um, he played his part in Liverpool's equaliser, as well as mm-hmm. on Wednesday he more or less laid it on the plate for Mane to. I think he would have scored the first goal there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I remember that. Yeah, he headed it back, and it, you know he, he's, he he did contribute to Emerson's goal, no doubt. But there have been people that have been calling for sorry, just simply not to sub him on, as he has. I can understand that. You can. What what what's your yeah. opinion on him then? I so a bit of this is obviously uh, tinged in the fact that he played for Everton. But looking past that, I've just never seen. The <clears throat> at at some level he's obviously a very good football player because he does it professionally for maybe one of the I would say one of the best teams top ten team in, in the world so he's obviously better at it than some people but there's just always kind of been this happens every few years with a Everton attacking the fielder that comes. Through through their academy or, or they buy them. It's just everybody wants to find the next Wayne Rooney and they kind of appoint this, the heir to be to that sort of narrative. And uh, this happens to be Ross Barkley's turn to uh, disappoint everybody. <laughs> um, but I just, I just can't, if I would hate if he was on a team that I supported just, just for the fact that, like, you know, Everton stuff aside, all that stuff aside, but he just, his concentration doesn't seem to be there. Like, the the, the mind versus the technical skill that he has, I, I just don't, uh, 
I, I don't, I, I just can't see it. And, and, and maybe if he goes, you know, like if he goes back to play for Everton or if he goes to a different team, well, you guys just, just brought him in, right? So he's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> um, no, no, but I understand why, I understand why, why your ilk does not, uh, not want to see him on the field. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, what? Just, just to, to bring in here, Chelsea perspective as well. Andy, what, what did you make of Ross Barkley's um, performance? And do you agree with Mark's uh, assertion of him overall, but also of his performance yesterday? Um, well, I can't. I can't really fault him for for anything he has done for the club so far. Like it, it hasn't been the the, the most terrible mistakes, but <laughs> yesterday actually I was I was searching a few a few things on the internet and then I stumbled across um, the transfer business we have done in the last like in the in the winter window, uh, where obviously Ross Parkley um, came to Stamford Bridge, and. I saw that he was only, I think, 17 million euros or something. Um, I guess for that price, he is kind of a decent player. Or, or I think that, that that money shows us what kind of player he is. He isn't uh, a, a player of the caliber of all our other midfielders. We have to be real with that. And uh, what he is doing at the moment is probably all he can do. Um, I still think maybe he has... He has Five to ten percent more left in him, um, because uh, I, I guess he's a he's also a confidence player and he lacks confidence, especially when you when you come on the field every time uh, when only twenty thirty minutes are left, it's difficult to find your feet. But um, I think it's a wrong expectation of of us thinking he can be uh, uh, one of the first names on the team sheet. He will never be that player and. He will remain a squad player in a very good team, and that's all he is. So, not really uh, any negativity towards towards Ross Barkley, but not overly positive what he can be for us. I guess that that that's a fair statement. Hmm. That yeah. sounds like the perfect explanation of Ross Barkley, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and nevertheless, we have him. Yeah, I, I mean, there have been a few dodgy transfers. Uh, for Chelsea in recent years, Pap- Papi Gillabodji. I don't know if you do you know that transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that wasn't. He's the guy that uh, kind of went AWOL for Sunderland just recently, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> very, very good articles on him on the Rocker Report. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that has. I mean, you can't always hit it off with transfers. Alvaro Morata is the most recent example of that. And for that is also, because you mentioned that before, Mark, what's going to be the make or break for Chelsea this season, in my opinion? We don't have a striker which we can rely on for those goals. I agree. I love Olivier Giroud to bits. The guy's a lovable character, but, yeah. and he's great for, you know, in interacting and uh, the interplay with Hazard, but He's not scoring, and they, we need a striker that scores goals. You have Firmino. Firmino, I, I'd bite your hand off if you, you know, immediately. That that guy is class. I didn't think so uh, while he was at Hoffenheim. I watched him regularly. I didn't think he'd be able to make the step up. He did. He proved everyone wrong there. And yeah, that that'll be that'll be the problem with us. I think Morata not scoring. He didn't do too well on Wednesday. He fluffed that one chance, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be one of the main points why Chelsea will end up behind Liverpool this season. And the, the whole um, hot takes that Chelsea may actually win the title, pit Liverpool to it, uh, that's a nice thought for a Chelsea fan. But that's not going to happen, realistically speaking. And that's on that on that bombshell. I think we we'd like to come to the predictions for this season. So Andy and me have already given our predictions on a few videos uh, regarding Chelsea, but Liverpool. Mark, where where do you think Liverpool and your perception of Chelsea? Where where will they the two teams end up? So I think 
uh, well, let's do Chelsea first. Um, I think that Chelsea um, have exceeded, <clears throat> excuse me, exceeded the expectations that at least I had, and probably most Liverpool fans have had. Um, I, I think that I think that the perception was that Chelsea would have to kind of go through a rebuild, but it doesn't seem like that is the case with with Sari. I, I, I don't think that they're in the same kind of conversation as, as City and Liverpool, as you mentioned. But I think with what you look at going going on around the Premier League, I, I think they will still finish comfortably in the top four, third or fourth, um, them and Spurs. Um, and uh, I think the Champions League football will will help uh, help bring in bring in some fresh talent in the uh, next transfer window. And, and maybe if you guys have me back on next season, uh, it, we'll be having having a conversation where maybe Chelsea is in in the same same category. But um, yeah, I think like you know with what's happening at United, uh, with I'm not convinced with Arsenal. Um, you kind of just play the play the play the game of musical chairs in your mind, and it, and it just seems like Chelsea um, should have a pretty comfortable. Uh, top four finish, or then there's also the Europa League if, if kind of the league play doesn't uh, doesn't sort itself out. But I, I think Chelsea will be in the Champions League next year. What what they do in the cups, I, I don't know. Um, I don't really know how to predict those things because uh, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you, you know, maybe um, maybe they go on to to win one of the two domestic cups, um, I think. I, I, but I, I do think that, you know, at least from a Liverpool fan perspective, um, they're going to be better than um, what was expected. And then as for, as for Liverpool, uh, I kind of I mentioned it in, when we were talking about them in relationship to City. I think Liverpool are going to have a very strong season. I think they already have started that. I think that they're going to finish with – anywhere between 90 and maybe 93 points. Um, I think that's the aim, whether that's going to be good enough to beat City. I, I, it wouldn't have been last year, but it would have won 25 of the what uh, Premier League titles. So um, it's going to be tough. I, 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 think, I think a lot of fans are, are kind of the, – the sole focus is the league. I think getting to the Champions League final last year was um, – was very uh, uplifting and a, and a good kind of morale boost, kind of a, mm. a statement for for fans to look at. Like, yes, we are we are now one of Europeans' best teams again. You know, kind of psychologically. Um, and I think that we're playing a lot like we won the European Championship last year. Um, but I I think I you know circumstances happen and if you know we don't make it out of the group I think a lot of people would be very upset and then it's like you know for instance if we lost this Sevilla in the round of 16 like uh, some other team that we know of <laughs> last last year I think I think people would be very frustrated but if we make it to the quarterfinal get knocked out by Bayern Munich or Barcelona or whatever and then go on to win the league I think I think people would be very happy, but like I said, I think I think Liverpool will finish around 90 points, and uh, we can only hope that that would uh, be enough to beat City. Well, Andy, where do you think Liverpool will end up? Um, well, to say the least, it, it will be a two-horse race. Um, I think, as, as Mark has suggested, there's there's many many true things in there, but um, for for me, um, I think Liverpool will, will edge it at the end. Obviously, it, it is down to how long do you play in in domestic cups, how long do you play in in the international competition. Um, that will obviously in, influence how good you can be on, let's say, the last third of the season. But um, for me, I think um, Manchester City lack a few new signings. I've, I've said it on, on the previous podcast where we had uh, the Manchester City blog on. And um, as for Liverpool, I've, I think they have the consistency and, and I, I do see them 
not slipping up against uh, the little teams because they found a way to play against them. Um, so as for that, um, for me, Liverpool are front runners for the title. Many things have to to come up Millhouse for that, but um, <laughs> for me, Liverpool are the title winners of of this season. My my money would be on Liverpool. Let's let's put it that way. Okay, well, it's a make or break season for Liverpool. And I would actually still go with City. I'm going to just be the mainstream guy chatting crap. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to go with City. I I think Liverpool will have a very emphatic season, a really good season. Uh, We'll get far in all their competitions, well, apart from the Carabao Cup. But... um, Our, but otherwise, I think they'll have a very, very strong season. And as Mark already said, whatever happens, even if he doesn't win anything this season, I think Liverpool and the fans can be very proud of Jurgen Klopp and what he has achieved at the club. I'll go with Liverpool ending up second. And Chelsea, I'd say, will be like 10 points behind them, maybe. five. Po- no, no, I'm going to be optimistic today. Five points. Let's go five points behind them, and it'll be a cracking season. So, Andy, over to you. Yeah, over to me uh, for uh, also the goodbye of this podcast, because it was uh, a nice 50 minutes of really interesting discussions here. Um, so before we end that, um, Mark, tell us where one can find you on the old social media. Yeah, so uh, I am active on Twitter uh, at MKSTNR. Uh, also, you can find my writing on the Liverpool Offside. Jimmy? Yes, just just at Liverpool Offside, of course, being an SB Nation blog. As from, as we ain't got no history as well, the SB Nation blog, where I am also a writer for the Chelsea blog there. And, of course, follow Mark, follow me, and follow... <laughs> And follow at Andy underscore MA10, which stands for Martin, on Twitter. And, yeah, follow also the uh, Rosehead podcast if you're a German-speaking listener. That's my second podcast where I am. And follow, of course, this podcast, The Attacking 2, on Twitter. And uh, listen to the podcast every week because good content is coming your way if you are a good listener and um, being a follower of us. So as for that, um, I'm thanking everyone who has listened to that episode of The Attacking 2. Stay tuned, and we are back next week. Bye-bye.